is a lie. As I was feeling more in control of my new life, we had a major setback in our recovery. Mark lied by omission and he insisted he had valid reasons to withhold information that I had explicitly required as part of what was needed to build trust again. Mark decided to postpone telling me that he and the ex-affair partner would be together in one of the committees he had to attend regularly at work. I had been waiting for the new positions for both of them for over a year since D-Day, and I was hoping that their paths would not have to cross at work again. Obviously, it was a big deal for me to know if that was really the case. I asked Mark a few weeks earlier if they had seen each other or if they would be together in a project since they both had new roles. He said no. I didn't like to bring up the affair partner in our conversations for obvious reasons. So I just spelled it out for him the one time I asked. I said, I want to know if you will be in any meeting or committees regularly with her. I don't want any surprises. It seems like the day came when he saw her name in one of the committees, acting as secretary of the committee nonetheless. He decided not to tell me straight away. And you know what? The energy of that secret weighed on him and I could tell something was off. Following my gut feeling, I started looking at his calendar events and checked the participants in a committee related to the area of the other woman's new position. There she was. Surprise! As any betrayed spouse can imagine, hell broke loose. He still justified his poor choice and insisted it wasn't a lie as it was to avoid my pain, as if I wasn't going to detect the lie and find out. In the aftermath of the argument that followed my discovery, I realized that I am a romantic and I will always be. Did we stand a chance then? Over a period of 16 months since D-Day, I read books about infidelity and also about long-term relationships, marriage, marriage challenges, and how to be happily married. What I wanted and what our mentor prescribed was that if we were to remain married, we both had to be happy. There is no healthy staying together just for the children if the relationship between the parents is a toxic one. Our plan outline was to create new happy memories to place boundaries that would ensure we remain a couple of two and not three anymore, and to love each other as if we were children. We were going to be facing challenges, so we had to be understanding, patient, and forgiving of, sm of small pitfalls. I was tired after all the understanding, translating his precarious signs of love, and interpreting his clumsy phrases. I filled my mind with the notion that love is hard work, that real love resembles more maternal love than the fairy tale we were fed as children. I could understand that Prince Charming doesn't exist, but I was willing to die for love. Once I committed to my husband, I was not going to betray him. I wouldn't even betray him after he cheated on me. It is not who I am. I am not implying that I am a better person than him. I am imperfect in many ways, 
but I believe in honesty as part of love. And I have learned through this painful experience of infidelity that the first person to truly love is ourselves, our inner child. And my inner child was very sad when she learned that Mark's inner child learned to hide truths that he considers might sadden those he loves. My inner child had learned that honesty is more valuable than faking reality. So we had a clash. My inner child would sit by the person she loves and would help them get through the painful truth that she had revealed. This was my idea of teamwork. After feeling a deep sadness, I felt in peace and hopeful because I listened to my inner child. What a revelation this was. There is a group of us who are romantics and I am one of them. For me, the value of a surprise flower bouquet will never depreciate and a handwritten note with a I'm sorry, I love you, I am so grateful for you will always be a golden bonus. I can work for love, but I need my romance. It might seem like a waste of time and resources for some, but I am wired for hope. I want to be happy. I want to be filled with ridiculous, corny signs of romantic love. It would have held my recently reopened wound close again. I asked Mark, will you live up to the standard? In accepting and explaining my romantic childish nature, I became more understanding of Mark's own childish tendency to hide risky truths. He was lying out of love and I was being brutally honest in my demands from him out of love. In the process, we were hurting our inner children. This was a huge discovery and it is still key today in understanding the way we react when we are not thinking. My own infidelity timeline as an example. It spans over two years and two months. It was prompted by a lady who wrote to me on Facebook. Hi, I just found out your page this week. I am eight weeks since D-Day and currently trying to work through the pain. I'm wondering how long it's going to take before I stop thinking about it 24-7. We all wonder how long. Now, the weirdness of an affair starts when we feel the secret we start to notice small changes in our spouse, yet we are not wired to bet on what our instinct is telling us. We believe we got married to live happily ever after. All timelines are different. Almost 16 months after D-Day, I hadn't fallen into rock bottom for about four consecutive weeks. I hadn't been in a bubbly mood all of those days, but I had certainly been able to sail through my less extreme ups and downs with a normality that reminded me of my pre-affair days. I had been forever changed by this affair, 
but it was the way I felt about my life with all the uncertainties that were revealed post D-Day that improved significantly in the past six months. There were three very clear dates that were important turn points in between everything that I had shared in my books and blog. The first one was confronting my husband with my suspicion that he was having an affair nine months before discovery. So it started almost a year before D-Day. Then D-Day, and then when I started to feel strong again, almost a year after D-Day. So it's a whole of two years and two months. October 2017, I confronted my husband with my suspicion that he was having an affair because he was absent-minded and he was behaving in a way that suggested so. He dismissed my arguments and instead gave me a list of complaints about my behavior towards him. So I listened, I changed, I complied with all the requests that were mainly about giving him attention and affection, even though I had reduced them because I felt the disconnection. I put the effort and five months later, instead of seeing improvement, he was more absent-minded and disconnected than ever. Things only went downhill from then on and June 2018 arrived. He was really grumpy and got angry at me over some silly behavior at a party where we were supposed to be having fun with his dearest friends from school. I give all the details in episode one of this podcast. It didn't make any sense. The more I listened to my instinct, the braver I felt about following Mark or recording his phone conversations from the car. So I did both. I got him followed and I recorded his conversations from the car and I discovered him at the end of July 2018. I started feeling strong again to face life challenges that were not related to the affair 10 months after D-Day in May 2019. It didn't mean it hurt less, it just meant it stopped consuming all my energy. At 16 months since D-Day, I was facing the threats related to infidelity without anger. Instead, I had the certainty that I had the right to demand information and set boundaries to feel safe. I felt more in control than ever. Be thankful for your own improvements. I want to highlight some of the ways many times overlooked that should make any betrayed or betrayer spouse feel comfort in the hostile environment of affair recovery. Have you decided to get out of the rut? Congratulate yourself for your decision of wanting to move on for your own sake or for the sake of your loved ones, children, pets, parents, students, or your garden. Well done in identifying what is worth living a happy and peaceful life for besides this partner of yours who has betrayed you or whom you have betrayed. Are you listening to this podcast or reading my books or any other books? It means you are open to the stories of other people touched by infidelity. You care about them and you acknowledge that you can learn from their experience. You have shown humility and empathy 
which are two of the five gifts to healing from disaster by Dr. Lori Nadell. Have you re reunited with parts of yourself that you had put aside for a long time? A shocking experience like infidelity shakes you to the core. It is up to you to decide how to react. If you started looking inwards, give yourself credit for making an excellent choice. You are using the pain to heal old wounds or habits. You chose well. Be compassionate towards yourself. Focus on what you have forgiven rather than on what you haven't forgiven yet. If you consider this, even for a moment, you should feel proud of how far you have come. If you didn't walk away from your marriage, it means you want to forgive and this is very valuable. Give yourself the credit you deserve for staying and working on the possibility of rebuilding a happy marriage. Punishment is not for you to decide. You are not a judge, and even if revenge feels natural in the face of being stabbed in the back by the person you trusted the most, it depletes you from valuable energy you could be investing in healing yourself. Honestly, every time I have felt stuck in a rut, I only come out of it when I come face to face with my fears and my pain. Wishing others bad things only lowers your own vibration. If you can't stop negative feelings and thoughts towards your spouse or the affair partner, let your imagination flow for a while. Be compassionate towards yourself and accept that you are only human. Remember. You are already on a quest to improving your emotional and physical state. The emotional dip would, will eventually pass. Feel grateful for yourself, for the flawed person you are, who is working on improving and healing. You've listened to two chapters from the book Sail Beyond Infidelity by Helen Tower, available on Amazon Books, on paperback and digital editions, available also on Kindle Unlimited. You can leave a voice message to the author who has been um, recovering from infidelity since July 2018. You can do so by going to her profile on Spotify or on Anchor and recording a voice message. She can answer to you after she listens to what you have to say and it's private between you and her. Also, all the information in the books is available for free in her blog, sailingthroughinfidelity.blogspot.com. You can connect with the author, Helen Tower, on Twitter at sailinginfidel1 or just search Helen Tower. Also on Instagram, you can search Helen Tower, Stay Calm. And on Facebook, Stay Calm Through Infidelity with Helen Tower is a page. Mm -hmm.